Hey guys, this is Colin doing a little bit of a prelude to this episode. I know that on the previous episode where we talked about Multiverse of Madness, we kind of said that we would do a mini episode. Well, it turns out that we can't do anything small. This one kind of bloated out into an hour-long episode, so it's a good thing that we didn't do any news or anything like that because it would have gotten pretty pretty long. It would have been one of our longer episodes, actually. Um, so I just want to give you a heads up. Like we talked about, this is going to be a little bit less edited. Uh, I still did a quick edit on it. But there's going to be some more ums and maybe some awkward pauses. I tried to cut down on the pauses mostly was what I looked for uh, and some of the, the stabilization and stuff. But all of that to say, yeah, expect this to be a little bit rougher uh, and a little bit more unhinged because Chris and I both were very tired. We recorded this pretty late in the day on Friday. And so we're a little bit slap happy, a little bit odd. But I think it should be should be a good episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. And I will interrupt later because we do just blatantly spoil Multiverse of Madness. So... Look forward to that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for episode 10.5 of the Simply Well yeah, Podcast. Yeah. Extra uh, I'm your host, content. Colin. That's right. <laughs> extra? <laughs> Not necessarily extra content. Just content we couldn't fit in one. Yeah. But we'll call it extra content because there's still going to be an episode next week. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, but so I'm Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking just for a couple of guys takes... being some... <laughs> what is it? We're just a couple of We're guys a couple being of... dudes. You know, look at this. Isn't this great? Just a couple of guys being dudes. <laughs> uh, oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You continue. No, it's fine. You just... It's just... You threw off my whole flow. <laughs> we'll just, <laughs> we'll just run it again yeah, from the it? top. You threw off my groove. Yeah. Now, uh, if you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, or TV shows, we've got the show for you. And this week we are doing things differently, right? Because Marvel decided to just absolutely bombard the fan base with the finale episode of the most recent series, Moon Knight, and the premiere of its first major film release of 2022, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, obviously, if we had to make a decision, we went with the movie to talk about as our main episode. Uh, and we promised in that episode that we'd do something towards the end of the week to at least recap uh, Moon Knight, because we also yeah. really enjoyed yeah. that, and we didn't want to not talk about it. Yeah, we had to. So, in an attempt to cover both of these, we're just going to do a little mini-sode today, where we're not going to do any news, there's no cryptid corner, no letters, nothing like that. We're strictly just going to discuss Moon Knight and then get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Alright, so Chris, are you ready to just jump into it? Oh. Oh, baby, I'm already in it. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to do this pretty much like we do our movies. We'll just treat it like a four and a half hour movie. So I'll talk about, I can't really talk about performance because it doesn't get a box office. But from a rating standpoint, uh, hold on, I got a big old belch here. I chugged my soda. Lay it out, baby. Oh, well, it's not a big old belch. It's not a big old belch. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut the, it's, it's vomit. Oh, we got to tell people about Poo Night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta spread the word, <laughs> the the good word. We gotta raise we've, awareness. Yeah, we've workshopped a character for like a skit that is never gonna come to fruition. It's just an inside joke around the house. Correct. That <clears throat> I, Colin, am Pooh Knight. Insofar as when I go to rip a big fart, right, as one does, mm-hmm. and I realize. Do. That it's not a fart, and it's going <laughs> to be more than that. I black out, and someone else takes the reins of my body. And we've decided that it is a, a Hispanic elderly man similar to a relative of Chris's. 
Um, and I just, I come to cleaning up shitty underwear in the sink. So just, I randomly go to push for a fart. My eyes roll back and I kind of jitter. And then when I come to, I'm just cleaning up shitty drawers. I'm like, God damn it. Not again. Fuck. This is the (laughs) sixth time this year. (laughs) And it's January 3rd. It's, it's Jesus. You're three <laughs> days in. He's just twice a day. For, I was gonna say for an average of two times a day. <laughs> no, yeah. you know damn well there was one day that it was you were racking it at like four. <laughs> yeah, it was, he didn't do any on the second day. <laughs> he did five on January first. <laughs> the britches you go through. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he just has stock and Hanes. You're here busting them bitches at the seam. Yeah, I'm just I just start wearing adult diapers. Honestly, you would think that's what you would do. It's like a baby; it just starts going up your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't help it; it just comes out. <laughs> but no, so oh, that's that's what we came up with. That's the that's what we're using our brain power on. Yeah. No, Big so brain. in all reality, in all reality, uh, the ratings for Rotten Tomato scores, uh, uh, or sorry, the ratings for Moon Knight as far as Rotten Tomato score goes. Um, the critics score gave it an 87% and the audience score was a 92, which put it pretty high in the rankings. I think that makes it second or third, I guess, uh, out of the Marvel shows because WandaVision and Loki are both at a 92, um, critic score. Mm -hmm. So I guess they're first and second tied and fighting, right? And then this would be third uh, for like highest ranked Marvel series, Which... which I could, I could get behind that. I don't know. I, I don't have to do we want do we that. want do we want to rank the the Marvel shows at the end? I don't know. I haven't thought about that long enough to really. It is, it's we, just a gut we, check. It's just a gut check. All right, all right. You have the whole discussion to think about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So on IMDb, which like I talked about right when the series first came out, um, I don't know how reliable the IMDb scores are because it did get review bombed for like the mentioning of the Armenian genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, it sits at a seven and a half out of 10, which isn't too far off from what the critic score was, you know, on, um, Rotten Tomatoes. So I think it might be relatively reliable. Uh, mm-hmm. and then Metacritic has it at a 6.9, which they call that mostly favorable reviews. So yeah, it seems like it, overall it was pretty, uh, pretty enjoyed. And I think I kind of agree with all of that, that it was mostly good. It's a six episode run. And I think for the most part, it, it kept my attention. Um, there was maybe like one episode that I was like, "All right, come on." You're right. Um, yeah for for a lot of the episodes, there was only one, and I, I remember as we were watching, I got I got so mad, I couldn't I couldn't fucking see anything. It was just way too dark. Was it episode four down on the catacombs? Yeah, man. Like I was getting yeah. so mad, it was just too dark, and you guys were like, "Oh, are you seeing that?" And I was like, "I can't see like, dick. I can't, I can't see, see anything." Maybe you were just sitting at a weird angle. Could be Mike Lacoma. Could be. Rest in peace. Yeah. R.I.P. Chris's eyesight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so I want to talk about uh, Muhammad Diab was the lead director, um, and he directed episodes 1, 3, 5, and 6. So that's obviously that very first episode, right? And then episode 3 was the episode... Well, I don't I don't want to necessarily get into spoilers yet. Um, so we'll, we'll come back. We'll circle back around to that, I suppose. Um and then there was a, a director team of Jace, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhard, who directed episodes two and four. And then obviously Oscar Isaac plays uh, Moon Knight, and Stephen Grant and Mark Spector. And Ethan Hawke played e- Arthur Haro, who's kind of the villain of the series. And then May Kalamawi was Layla. 
So I uh, love you have... Layla's character. I did too. Uh, like, do you want to? Do you have a plot synopsis all set up for me? Actually, as a matter of fact, I do. Yeah, you knew it was coming, and you looked it up real quick, didn't you? Uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> Moon Knight follows Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered gift shop employee who becomes plagued with blackouts and memories of another life. Yeah. Stephen discovers he has disassociated oh, disassociative Associative. identity dis- identity disorder and shares a body with a mercenary, Mark Spector. That's right. So, that kind of hides some of the premise. The one that I found said, Stephen Grant discovers he's been granted the powers of an Egyptian moon god, but he soon finds out, he soon finds out that these newfound powers can be both a blessing and a curse to his troubled life. You just always gotta one-up me, one. No, no, no. I'm just saying I like how wherever you found that one from, it really, like, if somebody's, like, just going off of that, they're like, oh, neat. All right, so it's, like, a mercenary thing. Then it's like, and there's a moon god? <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, I took a pizza break. That's very unprofessional. That's a little bit, but we'll keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be right. You got any no. uh, spoiler-free notes, or you want me to lead it? Uh, so, trying to stick chronologically, you know, in the very beginning, when we f- first start to see Stephen Grant, you know, jump off the bed, and he's got those shackles on, kinky, right. uh, he... <laughs> I thought it was very interesting how... Because he he hasn't gone to see it like a therapist or anything, right? Yeah, at least it doesn't seem like it, right? But like he understands the concept of like this, this probably isn't normal. Like, yeah, this he has is sand. Excessive. Yeah, he's got sand around his bed, um, and yeah, he ties himself to his bed at night so he can't run away. Mm-hmm. But and he has like six locks on his door in the hopes that like a sleep him wouldn't be able to get them all. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, so just, I mean, it's stuff like that, I suppose. Like, it's the smaller things uh, mm-hmm, that, you know, even in the beginning, yeah, that detail. And a lot of, like, the things that you can miss very easily in, like, the first couple episodes play yeah. a huge role later on. Later down, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah I, which I, <clears throat> I really admired that. I said that um, it did a good job of conveying, like, the fracturing mind of Steven. Um where you're like, dude, this guy is losing it, you know? Yeah, he's insane. And the, especially, like, you're talking, the first episode did a really good job of showing how, like, mundane and repetitious his really bizarre habit is of, like, having to do all those things. Even with having the song repeat itself, you know, the, every day I wake up. And then Ooh, I really like... a man without love. <laughs> I really enjoyed the way that it used Stephen Grant as a passenger for the viewer to kind of give an origin story for Moon Knight without a, it being a true origin story. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. How, you know, because, I mean, we've seen, a, like, you know, 19 origin movies at this point. We really don't want to see more. Right. So how can they still introduce a character that, for the most part, the general audience won't know? Mm-hmm. But still keep it fresh and not feel like, okay, this is Iron Man, this is Captain America, this is Thor, right. this is Ant-Man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And though I did kind of fall into some of the trappings that some of those do, where it's like, okay, so it's a guy fighting a guy who's basically the same as him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, like, the first Iron Man is like, oh, and who's his villain? The Iron Monger. Yeah, just basically Iron yeah. Man. Right. And, just and a, a lot juiced, of the just stories. a juiced up Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so yeah, it does kind of run into some of that. 
and we'll get into the finale stuff towards the end, <clears throat> obviously, because we'll try and stick chronologically. Um, from a character and chemistry standpoint, what'd you think? Oh, very well. I, I I'm going to stroke off Oscar Isaac. He does yeah, such yeah. a good job playing multiple characters. Yeah, and like keeping it kind of like fresh, like because you know there wasn't any point where I would be like. Uh, that's something Mark would say, or that's something Steve would right. say, you know, to the other person. Like, I'd be like, "Oh no, this is not. This is Steven. He's completely yeah, that's definitely, different." Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, they felt yeah. like different characters, and it, it it just the continuity in that you know stayed the same. It you know it it never once felt like they're the same person, which is good. That's what you want. Yeah. Um, you know, so the chemistry between like Steven and Layla and Mark and Layla, you know, just the the completely and polar even, opposites, and even between Steven and Mark. Yeah. Yeah, like I that I what I marked was that Mark and Steven have a really interesting dynamic and like they actually do end up having quite a bit of chemistry as the series goes forward, which is an odd thing to have where it's the same actor. Right. And a lot of times it's not even shot like a parent trap or the uh, anything like that, where it's the same actor, you know, split on the screen. It's, and it's just in a mirror or talking a to like a reflection or himself, you know. And still managed to convince, you know, be convincing that he's legitimately talking to another person. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe from like a production standpoint, they put an earwig in and like he heard his lines. You know, they recorded one side of it first and then right, he had yeah. a conversation with himself, maybe. Yeah. It'd be an easy way to do that. But either way, it was very convincing. Um, yeah. And I was actually surprised at how much I liked uh, Steven. Like, I think he was my favorite character, even though yeah. his like whole characterization is that he's supposed to be a loser. Mm-hmm. You just you love sweet little Steven. Right, yeah. I mean it made him endearing that he is kinda of, you know, you're like he's the kind of person he's an underdog. You want to see him succeed. Because and, you're and like, the, man, this guy really needs a win. <laughs> yeah, it well in the comic I read, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on as well. Yeah. Steven, uh no, that kinda get that jumps a little. Fuck it, I'll say it. Uh well, Steven still yeah. Steven dance around a little. Yeah. Steven um is Mr. Knight. And that's all I'll say right now about it. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Knight was the Moon Knight comic I read. It was strictly Mr. Knight. And yeah. so I want to see more of that. Like, I loved yeah. it so much. I loved the comic and I loved it on screen. Ugh. Almost even more just because, like, it's nice yeah, to, see, to see you know, in, in Oscar. Motion. Yeah, Oscar Isaac really kind of portrayed uh, Mr. Knight in the way that I did. Yeah. You know, when he talked. You know how he talked, the way he said things, anything like that. You know, I was like that. That to me, that felt like, oh, that's Mr. Knight. You know, like that's right. that's Stephen. Um, so, you know, even just stuff like that, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to in the future that I yeah. want to see. Um, I think to really get moving, we should just go ahead and rate it. That way, we can just spoil it and you know move chronologically through it uh, and try yes. not to get bogged down on each episode. Yes, um, yes, yes. Kind of jump around as like, oh, that was a good part. Remember that part when? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so I would, I was overwhelmed by it. Um, I wasn't sure how to, what my expectations were for it, uh, just because I didn't really know the character until we read the comics, you know, um, that was a good introductory for us. But then also, like, I had kind of high expectations with Oscar Isaac being in the lead. Um, and I think it, it met and exceeded some of those expectations. So I'd say I was overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. I would also say I'm, I'm I was extremely overwhelmed. Kind of the same situation. Uh, I really didn't know who Moon Knight or Stephen Grant, uh, Mark Spector. I didn't know who any of them were. And then I'm a little late to the Oscar Isaac train. Um, yeah. 
because I, I read I read the book Dune, but I haven't. Right. I still haven't seen the movie yet. Which I you gotta I'm, see it, bub. I'm mad at myself. We own I, it. I want. It's also on HBO Max. I don't know why I'm not yeah. watching it yet. Um, I just want to take a day and really just sit down. Um, but what else? You don't need a whole day. You just need a couple hours. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously true. the Star Wars movies. Yeah, um, and then p- playing Poe. That's really yeah. all I've seen him from until now. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I really wasn't knowing what I was expecting. But I mean, Colin, you can vouch on this. I've been stroking off Iron Man probably since day one. Yeah, it's been kind of creepy. Yeah, like it's 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 borderline suspicious. Yeah, like yeah, I th- it's th- us. I think the problem started when I built the second shrine. That's <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I started going down. That's when it really started to get out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I I remember we finished it and I looked over at, at Colin. And one of the first things I said was, "I think Moon Knight's my new favorite superhero." Yeah, and I, I just I really stand, I was like, "Wow, that's a big step for you because you yeah. had a weird daddy complex with with Iron Man, old Daddy Stark." Yeah, but like, yeah. I just I love the the dynamic duo between them. So yeah, I was extremely overwhelmed, blew out of the water. Yeah. So then we're just going to go into the, the spoilers um, yes. and just try and get the train moving. It's supposed to be a mini-sode. We don't want to make it a, a full-length Dude, episode. when everybody fucking died. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> when the whole thing just turned into a sitcom and it was just WandaVision Season 2. <laughs> That's no, Book of Boba uh, right there. Yeah. I like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just... Yeah, it's Mandalorian Season 2.5. <laughs> um... No, I really like the way that they used the blackouts during the first episode to make it seem like he was sleepwalking or having really wild dreams, when in reality, it was literally just Mark taking over and just making sure he put Steven back where he found him. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And it's like, yeah, he's not sleepwalking. He goes to bed and then somebody else takes over for a couple of days because that first episode was called with the goldfish problem. Yeah. And that's how he knew that something was seriously wrong was because his His goldfish goldfish was dead after he woke up. And or was it dead or was it missing a fin? Well, no, so yeah, that was what it was. It it had been missing a fin. And then when he grew woke back up, it yeah, it had both fins. And it's because it had died and Mark, you know, the assumption is that it died, and Mark, who had taken over the body, went and bought a new goldfish to replace it. Yeah. Uh I enjoyed the way that the first episode ended, where that was like a really good way to introduce the suit and really like ramp up the intensity, where most oh, of the first yeah. episode is confusion, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're giving you that that really odd sense, like Stephen would have, of like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, um, which I felt like it, was <clears throat> a nice pace for a lot, you know, especially me because yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I'm dumb as shit. So <laughs> it's hard for you know, and like this is a lot very mystical, like jumping back and forth. Right. It did a good job at like relating to Stephen of like you're learning with him. Yeah, exactly. That's but, what I was still, thinking. Yeah, but then still, it's not. It doesn't give it like an origin story per se. Yeah, but you're learning more information as you go on. Yeah. Yeah, the nice part is that you get to see Moon Knight know how to be Moon Knight already. You don't go through, like, the learning curve, you know? Um, But you just get to basically be introduced to Moon Knight by Mark through Steven. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But no, I really... that, That ending of the first episode when he's being chased by, like, the demon dog and... You know, he's locked himself in the bathroom and it's banging on the door and Mark's yelling at him, basically, give yeah. me the body. I'll, I'll get us out of this. And he finally gives it over to him and you see the damn, <laughs> the oh, damn trying to crawl dog, out. Like, try and get away. Yeah. And he drags it back into the bathroom 
and you see him just beat it to death with like I think he stabs it with his knife, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And then he just yeah. you know, walks into the camera, and that's the end of the first episode. So you really only get like literally 15 seconds of Moon Knight in the first episode, and you're like, oh wow, well, all right, I want a little bit more of that. Yeah. Um, Teases you. Sec- <clears throat> the second episode I thought was um, mostly forgettable, but it does have some really good parts in it. Mm-hmm. Where like you have. Steven really beginning to like question his sanity because he goes to see the security footage and it's just blank. The demon dogs aren't visible. Right. Yeah. And it's just him on them. And they're like, yeah, you busted up the fucking bathrooms. You loon. And they like recommend sending him to, a th- you know, we've got good therapists and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then obviously we get to meet Layla, which is a, a major character. Yeah. Um, huge character. And she's Mark's wife. Well. Yeah. Yeah, she's Mark's wife, and she's basically pissed off that he's been hiding from her, and is yeah, kind of angry been... at him because she thinks he's doing. It's been like two years, she said. Yeah, something like that. Two or three. She thinks he's doing some weird deep cover shit when he's literally just locked inside a British Egyptology nerd's head. Yeah. You know? And she's like, you know, all right, drop the fucking accent, dude. And he's like, what accent? I don't know what you're talking about. You know? And you're like, yeah. all right, drop it. You know? Um, <clears throat> and then obviously that leads into us getting to see Stevens rendition on the Moon Knight costume when he won't give the body back to Mark and like Layla's yelling at him and Conchie's yelling at him to like summon the damn suit you know <laughs> and uh, he's like suit and he puts on a little suit it's just him misinterpreting the idea right yeah and that's how you get the Mr. Knight costume which looks fire as fuck Crisp. like yeah. a whole outfit nice yeah yeah it's looking real good <laughs> nice Hey guys, so like I said, I was going to jump back in to interrupt with a little bit of a spoiler alert. So Multiverse of Madness spoilers start uh, right after this clip, and they go for about two to three minutes. So you're basically going to jump ahead until you hear Chris say, "Uh, what were we talking about? I don't remember what we were talking about. Something to that effect, right? He sounds a little bit like that as well when he says it. So just look for that, like I said, about two minutes, and then you should be safe. Also, jump. Uh, this is the only time I'm going to jump back. No, go, go um, ahead. In the scene where we kind of see him black out and then wake back up and he's driving the cupcake truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that whole scene, you see that castle in the background. Yeah, and people were thinking it might be like Mr. Uh, Dar- yeah, dude, I love that theory because then it can tie it into the multiverse. And then with, we've already said spoilers at this point of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Fucking John Krasinski playing Mr. Fantastic. Whoa. People come here for the Moon Knight review, and you're just like, Multiverse of Madness spoilers a week out. <laughs> yeah, multi... Yeah, we'll we'll have to... Yeah, there are spoilers, but I suppose... Yeah. Oops. But, um... <laughs> oops. But, I mean, that would be, a, like, a nice little tie-in. I feel like that'd be good. I saw... All right, as long as we're doing Multiverse of Madness spoilers, I saw a theory today that made me go, ooh, I like that. What if the Fantastic Four uh, movie... Does have John Krasinski as as you know Mr. Fantastic, right? Yes. And it opens with him waking up from a nightmare, and it's the nightmare of him being torn up. Ooh, oh, oh my god! But that's Since not that, a nightmare. That's how they, no, exactly, because that's that's how dreams apparently work in in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Is that it's just it's somewhere out in the multiverse that just happened. Dang, that'd, that'd be, be good as fuck. Joke. Yeah, that'd be real good. <laughs> All right, and back to Moon. Done. Man. Yeah, done. Yeah. Oh, where did we leave off? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you were talking about jumping back to... Oh, yeah, because we were talking about the... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But jumping back... And then back Layla. Up. Yes. Oh, yeah, and we got to see the Mr. Knight costume. 
Um, oh yeah, which leads to him basically passing off ownership of the body again, where he's getting his shit rocked by the demon dog, and he's basically like, "Take the body, take the body, take the body." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Mark takes over as you know Moon Knight and kills the demon dog by like spearing it onto a uh, a statue. Which that whole scene that just like from a cinematic cool. standpoint was really nice. Yeah, seeing him run and jump across the rooftops. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you get a really good, like, a solid bit of acting. You know, it's like, this is why they got Oscar Isaac, you know. Uh, yeah. Is him and him playing Mark and Steven both really starting to disagree over ownership of the body. And Mark absolutely losing his cool and, like, kicking the shit out of the reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are you with yeah, me? Yeah, that shit. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I was making yeah, sure you shit. remembered what I was talking about because you were kind of like, Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sorry, I was taking a drink of my, my drink. Oh, I feel you. Um, <laughs> you don't need to say not a sponsor every time we mention a thing. But, um, yeah, no, like, that whole scene where he's starting to, you know, tell him to, you know, shut the fuck up, and he's like, because yeah. I remember we had to go back and listen to it. We're like, we're like, if he, he doesn't say it, they imply it heavily enough that you might as well have said it. Right. And, you know, he's kicking the glass, you know, trying to get him out of his, you know, out of his head, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, that whole scene is just, yeah, phenomenal acting. So let's see. Then we get into episode three where, because they basically, they have to go to, uh, we haven't even talked about, so Harrow is the bad guy, right? And his whole mm-hmm. deal is that he is the avatar. If if Moon Knight is the avatar to the moon god Khonshu, um, Arthur Harrow is the avatar, or the would-be avatar to the uh, goddess Amit, right? Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Yeah. And basically, her whole deal is that she judges people on, like, the content of their character before they've ever done a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Kanchu is more of, like, giving them the choice. Yeah, so, like, Kanchu punishes after the fact, and yeah. Ahmet punishes before they have the chance to do the bad deed. Yeah. So they're same-same, but different, right? Yeah. Well, they're headed, they're trying to find Ahmet, because she's been trapped by the other gods, and uh, Arthur Haro obviously wants to free her. And Mark is trying to get to her before him. Mm-hmm. So episode three shows them going to, uh, he and Layla going to find uh, some dude who might have a map to where Amit's being kept. Yes. And uh, that's when you get to see a, it's mostly a nothing episode uh, until like the last 30 minutes, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's when you get to see the really awesome fight scene where Layla is like taking dudes down with her necklace knives. Yeah, dude. Oh, which was hot. That was hot. And you got fucking uh, Moon Knight diving off the roof of that building and his cape coming out and he looks like the crescent moon. And it's very much like that's a comic book panel, which is actually one of our pictures on our Instagram at simply one podcast on Instagram. If you want to check that out, too. A word. Oh, yeah. That's the one I put up. (laughs) When did you do that? Uh, Back when we read the comics from Moon Knight. Oh my god. Yeah, so say what you want. You're a G, baby. Right. <laughs> um No, and so they get the they get out of there. Uh oh, you get to see how immune or invulnerable Moon Knight is because they are just stabbing the shit out of oh, him with spears. Yeah, they're getting him. Like he's he's basically a pincushion and he's like pulling <laughs> dudes pulling dudes into him so they can stab him deeper so that he can like get a hand on him. Yeah. And uh Breaking the spears off and using them to stab people and shit. Oh and my like, god, Whoa. yeah. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, and then obviously 
they get the they get the map, and he's like, "All right, let's deuce out of here," right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they go, and that's when you get to see Stephen kind of do some some knowledge, right? Because yeah, he knows all about brain. how to read this map. Because you know, if in a, in a big wide open desert, they have no way to you mm-hmm. know navigate other than the stars. Yeah, because Mark so, was uh, trying to do it himself, and it just wasn't. He couldn't was not couldn't figure it out. And even Layla was like, "Dude, let let Stephen out. Like he knows. Yeah, he give Stephen the rings. Is. Yeah." And so he does. He lets Steven out, and Steven's like, all right, so here's where it's telling us to go, but the problem is this map was written, like, 2,000 years ago, and the stars have shifted, right? And that's yep. when you get to see Khonshu use, like, some hardcore power. And, reverse uh, the nights, or the sky. Yeah he, yeah, he reverses the night sky to what it would have looked like 2,000 years ago. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, that was the one. Not, not a sponsor. Not uh, a sponsor, <laughs> yeah. We are not sponsored by... No, no, we are not. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. We are going to jump around for a second uh, because there we go. I said it was. A, I said it was a pretty much nothing episode. It, there is something in it. They, as like a last ditch effort before they travel um, to that guy to get a map. Kanshu and uh, Mark demand a council with like the other gods' avatars to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Arthur Haro is fucking trying to bring Amit back. And they basically are like, all right, well, Arthur, this guy says you're doing that. And he's like, Psh, yeah, but they're wrong, though. And the other gods are like, word, he said he's not doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're basically like, all right, Khonshu, if you do another fucking thing, we're going to lock you up. Yeah. So Khonshu's basically like, thanks a lot, Mark. You know? Yeah. Taro straight up swore on his Yeezys. And they say, yeah, wasn't yeah. 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 I and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah he, he promised on the Yeezys, like. He ain't Mark, doing it. He ain't doing it. <laughs> like, you, don't, you don't say that shit unless you mean it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't take that shit lightly. <laughs> but, but so then, you know, Khonshu must have had crossies behind his back, right? Because then he goes on and he reverses <laughs> the night sky. And, you know, he's like, psych! And he reverses the night sky. And the gods <laughs> hold up their end. They're like, well, guess what, bitch? And they lock him up in a statue and just set him on the fucking shelf. So Mark and <laughs> Steven have no Moon Knight protection, right? They're just. Yeah, and they've been shot at G's. this point. Not yet. That's episode or, four when no, they're in the tomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. My fault. My fault. <laughs> yeah, it is. Whoa. Whoa, steady. Not a sponsor. So episode four is a really good change of pace, I thought. Because you get to see, like, it dips into, like, a horror vibe. Right? Because that's when they're going through the tombs and stuff. Yeah. And there's, like, the yeah, zombies I can't down see in shit. It. Yeah, where you couldn't see a fucking thing because you got glaucoma. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> I can see. Barely. So yeah, there's like these weird mummy zombie creatures like just skittering around the uh, the catacombs, and we literally like vaguely see a dude get disemboweled by one of them. Yeah, yeah. Which was irritating to me in retrospect because I'm like, they showed us that shit, but they couldn't say the f word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, what they showed mean? us that. They showed us that, but then there's also scenes where they pull their punches and let Mark black out, and when we come when he comes to, some people have been killed. Yeah, and you're like, you just show it, show it to me. I want to see it. I I want to, yeah. <clears throat> Let me see it. Um. So yeah, All right, Stephen, uh, who has control of the body right now, he's not giving it back to Mark, and they're trying to get to this, this some guy's tomb, uh, to get like the statue that holds on it. And Arthur Haro kind of beats them there, and uh, catches Layla and is chatting at her, and basically is like, hey, he keeps heavily insinuating. Like, hey, maybe ask Mark what happened to your dad, you know? <laughs> and you're like, I'm thinking Mark killed her dad. And uh, yeah, he did. 
Straight up. Did he? No. He didn't, but he was there the night that he died. Yeah, but he said he tried to sa- I believe Mark when he said he tried to save him. him. Yeah. Yeah. I really, but still, yeah, I really he kept think. that shit a secret for a little too long. Yeah. It's like going, I didn't lie, and it's like, well, you sure as fuck didn't tell the truth. Right, yeah, you were keeping that shit from her. Which uh, is not yeah. cash money. <clears throat> so she's obviously a little pissed at him and is like, fuck off, whatever, you know, and goes stomping off in one direction to try and find the uh, the tomb. And then uh, Mark and Stephen make it to the tomb, and they discover that it's uh, fucking Alexander the Great. Yeah. Uh, and so they're like, all right, sick. And he goes rooting around on his fucking neck, Stephen does, and yeah, finds he was the at- voice. He was yeah. the voice of the... He was the tongue of the, the, the structure, right? Was it the mm-hmm. Sphinx? Yeah, something like yeah. Something, yeah, something like that. It could have been not, right? Yeah. We only watched it three, four weeks ago. So yeah, he finds that statue and uh he's like, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get this shit away from Haro because he wants to free her and kill like billions of people Bingo. when they fail her judgment. So we don't want that to happen. And then Arthur is straight up like you thought and shoots him like several times in the chest. Yeah, uh, and they just fall into the water and sink into the sink down, down, down. And you're like, how are they gonna come back from this one? And then they yeah. just wake up. Mark comes to inside of a psych ward, and they really do a good job of laying all the groundwork down. That mm-hmm. like he's been in the psych ward, and what happened to Stephen in the first episode, like the the whole routine of you know every mm-hmm. day I wake up is just shit that's been going on inside the the psych ward. Where mm-hmm. he's chained to his wheelchair and all that, and they really lay it out, and you're like, "Damn, all right." So now I'm yeah. questioning. And it, yeah, it was convincing hard. Yeah, I wish they'd have stuck with it a little longer because they pretty quickly go, "No, there's something else afoot." Right. Yeah, but also, I mean, they're trying to cram it all in because that was right. pretty towards Which the I end think, of the series. Yeah, that was the end of episode four, uh, and like it's literally the last ten minutes, of episode four. He's like talking to Dr. Arthur Harrow, who's now his psychologist, and he like starts to twig out because he's like, I don't think this is real. And he breaks free and he finds Steven in one of the rooms in, inside of a sarcophagus. And he yeah. lets him out. And then we see a third sarcophagus, which is obviously like the second real hint that we've gotten to there being a third entity or a third Ooh, identity, Jake. I mean. Yeah, Jake Lockley. Yeah. And uh, so Mark's like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here. And as he and Steven are running, and now they're like two separate beings, right? Which is odd. Uh, uh, no, the first hint was when he was still I searching s- for. Huh? Searching for. Go ahead. When they were searching for um, the tomb and uh-huh. they both black out and they come to. And they're like, was that you? And he's like, uh, uh-uh. with the, the four guys on the roof. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that wasn't me. I thought it was you. Yeah. All right, well, you fuck, I guess you got me. All right. Actually, <laughs> um actually, who's uh who is uh who's Spider-Man 2099, Chris? Um oh, Miguel. No. Is, it, is it is it Diego? <laughs> Stop. Um actually, it's Miguel O'Hara. <laughs> who oh shit, who's 6 degrees of separation here is voiced by Oscar Isaac. Huh? Miguel O'Hara in um, Into the Spider-Verse is voiced by Oscar Isaac. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> you figure they show Spider-Man 2099 at the end of, like, in the post credit scene. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's Oscar Isaac. And he's obviously going to play him in uh, Across the Universe, or Across the Spider-Verse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, it, th- yeah, he's, they're trying to get the fuck out of there. Mark and yeah. Steven are. 
And they come to an exit, and then when they bust it open, there's a giant talking hippo that's like, you know, hi guys, and they're like, they're like ah! and that's the end of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Episode five is like a really intense character study into yeah. who Mark Spector is and why he might need someone like Steven to kind of take his spot in the driver's seat sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, what's going on on that in that psych ward, baby? What's the truth? Uh, well, I I thought the psych ward because in my comic. Was right. an airplane that was a prison, and it looked yeah. very similar, kind of like that psych ward feel. And they, you know, and the when they started to sway in the boat, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, it's turbulence!" You know, like she's yeah, starting to move. It's an airplane. Um, which I wasn't far off. I mean, you were agreeing with me. You're like, "Yeah, shit, that's yeah. probably right." Like that makes sense. Yeah, um, lining up. And uh, but it is the boat to the afterlife. The afterlife, yeah. Yeah, and the big hippo is uh, the goddess Tararet. And basically her whole thing is that she cleanses the dead so they can pass into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm smacking on this pizza still. This is gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't stop turns myself. Into ASMR. Mm-hmm. No, what is it? Mukbang? Yeah, m- <laughs> <laughs> No, but... Yeah, so... Uh, what's that goddess's name? What's her name? Tararet. Tararet? Yep. T-A-W-A-R-E-T. Tararet. 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 Um, Yeah, so she's, like, guiding them, and the whole idea is that her ship is supposed to judge the weight of their hearts against a feather. Right. Yeah, and it's supposed to balance, and it's full. Yeah, and if it balances out, they're gonna pass freely into the Sea of Reeds, which is basically, like, the Egyptian version of heaven, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a neat... Details. She talks about the fact that that's really the only connection in the big grand scheme of things that we get to any other MCU property. Is she talks about that the afterlife is real in several different uh, realms, mm-hmm. and she says you should see the uh, the spirit realm, which is where um, Black Panther can go to. Oh, to, like commune yeah. with his yeah. ancestors. Yeah, which and that's dope. Like mm-hmm. the big tree. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I like that. But so that's kind of an interesting way of going, like avoiding the religious conversation, right? Right, yeah. Of going, well, this confirms that the Egyptians had it right. It's like, well, no, in, in the MCU, apparently they all had it right. Yeah. And all fuck it, why can't, yeah, why can't yeah. more than one religion be real? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the she's, if they don't, you know, balance their heart out, they're going to just freeze in the sands out there. And it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. don't want to do that. And like you said, their hearts are not balancing on the scales. Right. So she's basically like, well, I guess you better go search around the ship and see if you can't, like, straighten your soul out before uh, we get to the doors, because otherwise you're fucked. Mm-hmm. So they go stomping around this boat, going through a lot of Mark's traumatic past. Yeah, like, a lot. <laughs> it's like, dude, he's not down for this. And he's, like, starting to have some major freakouts at times. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'll just run down the list here, and you stop me when you want to talk about one of them. Uh, you. you get to see... The accidental death of his little brother that Mark and his mother blame him for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that his mom regresses and kind of completely emotionally abandons him. Uh, we get to see Mark making the deal with Khonshu to become the Moon Knight in exchange for his survival. Uh, we see Steven actually be created to hide Mark from the trauma of their mother's beatings that obviously yep. come about after uh, she blames him for the death of his brother. Which, Which go ahead. I was going to stop. I was mm-hmm. going to stop you there. 
That's uh, like that got deep and dark, and that dark. got deep and dark quick. Yeah, we're like, oh, and mom's beating him. That's not good. Yep. And yeah, like just like really like it's one of those where you really sit down, you know, sit back, and you're like, holy shit! Like th- that's mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously Moon Knight's not real, but like there's probably been a couple cases where people develop this disorder yeah. because of super trauma. I mean, that's what it's- things like this. That's typically how it happens, is something very traumatic happens. Because you figure, from a, like, a psychology standpoint, I'm talking way outside of my realm here, but like something really major has to happen to the brain for the brain to decide, we need a whole other person to just deal with this for us. Yeah, because like, we you cannot I mean? deal with it. It's like, this is too much, right? Um, and yeah, so it turns out that it's pretty... You get the vibe that it's frequent and severe abuse. Yeah. Um, which... Doesn't actually make sense uh, that Steven's there to, like, hide him from the trauma because Steven doesn't remember the beatings, but Mark does. And Steven remembers mom as, like, a sweet lady, right? But if Steven's the one that's supposed to take over when mom's beating him, why is that? You know what I mean? It should be the other way around, right? That Steven would hate his mom. Mm -hmm. Because all he would remember, you know, all he would remember are beatings because that's the only time he was brought out, right? Do you think he just made that persona so, like... Well, so I saw when someone brain gets overwhelmed. They're like, oh, fuck, like, you know, pass it on to Steven, who gets those pleasant mm-hmm. memories. Maybe. But I saw someone float the idea that maybe Jake Lockley, the third identity, was the one taking the beatings, which is why he's such a violent person. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's not what they said, and it's probably not the case, but that would be a good way out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would be like, actually, Jake was the one taking the beatings. Which and, is you know, why he's so or maybe violent. like. From a really, like, if you want to really, you know, pull on the thread, maybe Steven created Jake Lockley, right? Oh. To, like, maybe Steven doesn't want to deal with the beatings either, right? Yeah, that'd be good. Jake Lockley just takes all the beatings and turns into a really violent person, which would be why Mark has no clue who he is. Mm -hmm. But that's really um, good. Yeah, that was not me. I didn't come up with that. Somebody on, on the internet did. But uh, we did get to see Mark deal with apparent alcoholism, uh, where, uh, as well as only technically attending his mother's funeral, where we get to see him kind of standing outside the funeral home, yeah. chugging a yeah. flask of some sort of liquor, mm-hmm. and having a pretty big emotional breakdown, right? Yeah, which was really, oh, again, the acting in that part, that scene just was phenomenal. And then to see, that's kind of a coping mechanism, because then you see Steven take over and, like, take a phone call from Mom. Yeah, and like, I mean, because it looked, I'm not sure, you know, again, movie magic. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you it know, Oscar Isaac's, shot, right? yeah, Oscar Isaac's face got all red and he starts crying and breaking down and then yeah. instantly snaps out of it and is Steven. And, which and he is does, like, he, he's like, huh? You know, like, what yeah. am I doing here? Yeah, and he's and like, he's yeah. just like, oh, I'm a goof. I did it again, mom. And he calls mom and he's like, you're never going to believe this. You yeah, know. leaves her a voicemail. Yeah. Which is really sad that, like, yeah, that's really Steven takes sad. over and the first person Steven wants to call is mom, who's, his mom. who's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, That's so sad. Yeah. And so then as they, uh, the, you know, okay, they've done enough, right? But not nearly enough. The heart's still unbalanced. And uh, they're trying to get the uh, the ship righted and all that. And yeah, Tara's basically like... Yeah, it's not working, guys. You're you're screwed. I'm sorry. And all the dead start boarding the ship and trying to take them down into the sands. And uh, Stephen kind of has the epiphany that, like, if Mark and I are the same person at the end of the day, 
I should have all the fighting abilities, right? And he just proceeds to kick the shit out of all these dead guys. I like they did a good job with it because they didn't, you know, he wasn't as badass as Mark per se, right? Yeah, like he's still a little rusty, uh, which I thought was a nice touch. Or it's like, yes, he can do it, but obviously Mark is still going to be more skilled, better at it. Steven, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And part of that comes down to confidence in the ability, right? Correct, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was so a, when he that was saves nice Mark, I like. what happens to him? He gets taken overboard. Yeah, and he freezes out in the sand there. Mm-hmm. And Which I did not think was, was going to happen. No, I got that spoiled for me. I told you that. Oh, yeah, dude. I was. Oh, I would have been pissed if I got that spoiled for me. Yeah, like I, I got up, I got on Twitter, and it was like, you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't like a picture of it. But it was somebody being like, you know, man, how are they going to kill Steven? Steven's my favorite. And I was like, well, <laughs> sick. <laughs> you know, it's like 8 a.m. <laughs> Word. Yeah, you're but, still in uh, your undies in bed. You know? Yeah, you're I just... wouldn't even I wouldn't even that. I'm, I'm nude taking a shit before the shower, you know? <laughs> I'm like, damn, I ain't even wiped yet. And they're spoiling stuff. <laughs> but, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, so Mar- that is apparently the thing that was standing in the way, and the heart balances out because Steven's heart kind of disappears, and mm-hmm. uh, Mark gets to go to the Sea of Reeds, which, like we said, is basically the equivalent of heaven. That's yeah. you know the paradise after death. And uh, <clears throat> we'll move quickly through the finale because the finale is really pretty cut and dry. It is. Like, the finale moves real quick. Uh, Tyrette tries to get a hold of Layla. And basically be like, you gotta go fucking free Conchu. And she's talking to her through dead bodies and was like, free Conchu. And she's like, no, I've got this shit. I'll go take care of Hara myself. And uh, spoiler alert, she can't. Uh, no. Haro straight up goes to the Temple of the Gods and just kills all the other avatars. And then, yeah, uh, like, yeah. And then just freeze on it. And you're like, Layla, I thought you got this, babe. Like, what's going on? What happened? She's like, all right, fuck. And so she goes and she breaks the statue that's got Khonshu and frees him. And he's like, all right, sick. You want to be my avatar now, right? And she's like, no, fuck you. Like, no, I don't want to be your avatar. I've said that. And so he's like, fine, all right, I'll do it myself. And then he gets his shit rocked by Amit. Yep. <laughs> and hard. He, and, hard. And as he's getting his shit beat up, uh, it kind of cuts to the afterlife again. And we see Mark basically make a deal with Tarret to, like, let him go back to the land of living. And so he goes forward in his way through the sands and he unfreezes Steven by like sharing his heart with him, basically. Yeah. And uh, they narrowly escape the land of the dead, right? And they get back to the living. And that's when Conchu like can feel Mark Spector is back amongst the living and he's like, <gasps> and like goes straight to him. He's like, oh, thank oh, you, boy. Jesus. Because yeah. he's getting his shit rocked by Ahmet. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I need my boy Mark. <laughs> and that was kind of a neat in- uh, uh, moment where like Mark and Steven are bartering with him where he's like, you know, all right, if we're going to do this for you, like if we're going to help you, right, mm-hmm. you're going to let us go after this. Otherwise, we're not helping you. And he's like, oh, fuck, fine, you know, and uh, about the same time, Tara comes to Layla and is like, yo, baby, you need to you need to be my avatar, right? And she's like, all right, fuck, I guess. And she actually gets a pretty dope costume, right? Dude, she looks like at the first uh, when I first saw I was so mad because I was like, they done did my girl dirty. I was like, this looks like a lame wings. ass costume. Yeah, because like Mark Speck, you know, Moon Knight, both of theirs is like Got super a full like costume. You know? Right? Yeah. And I was like, this. I was like, like what is this? And then yeah, those wings came out, and I was like, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh my god. 
And the really, like, cool significance of Layla becoming, uh, like, a hero of sorts when she's the Avatar, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Is that she's the first, like, a character, hero, right, created solely by the MCU. She's not a comic book character. Really? Yeah. Ah, good. Good for them. Because that was good. <clears throat> I think I think there's some, there's potential in that character I'd like to know about. Right. Um, so then you get to see Layla and Moon Knight and Mr. Knight like fighting Haro and all of his goons out in the streets of Cairo while there's just a fucking giant Khonshu and a giant Amit, which Amit is a crocodile, by the by. Yeah. So there's just a big crocodile and a dead bird fighting like Godzilla versus both, Kong. Like, yeah, both of them are like humanized or humanoid. Yeah. yeah, they're humanoid creatures just fighting. They're bigger than the Pyramid of Giza. And, uh, and that's kind of a cool backdrop, though, for the, some of the street level fighting. It, well, it is just see these giants in the background and uh, the fight scene there was really good seeing Mark and Steven switch off between being Moon Knight and Mr. Knight and yeah. them having different fighting styles. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Knight had the, the batons, which were yeah, in my the, comic the little hand staffs. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Layla getting to use her wings quite a bit. Oh, uh, where they're like, they're so fucking cool. <clears throat> they're like, I want more. And she seems to use them as like blades, and she mm -hmm, could legitimately mm -hmm. fly, couldn't she? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you're like, damn, like she's, they're beating the shit out of Haro. And then Haro gets, uh, you know, Mark, Spectre, Steven on their back, and is beating the shit out of them. She's pinned to the ground or to the car, and it's like things aren't going their way. And then you get to see uh, old Marky Moo black out again, which really annoyed me because I thought that had been the time that we actually get to see Jake Lockley take over. Yeah, and uh, I, like, I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah, I wrote, unfortunately, the best fight of the show happens off-screen. Yeah, I say... I love like, when the... When he comes back, he's got Haro with, like, a, a hatchet to the yeah. face. Getting ready to, like, you know, brain his ass. And, like, cars are on fire, and there's just nothing but dead bodies. And you're like, yeah. holy fuck. Yeah, and but that's the thing is like, I love that they kept that kind of a mystery because I'm hoping that the fight scene we if if they play the cards right and they make the first fight scene we see with Jake Lockley just a bloodbath, but they won't like they're afraid to do blood, and that's that's their problem, right? And then yeah, they need to just me. nut up and do it. Yeah, then I'll be worth like it. They, but yeah, they it, it is the, the adult. You know what do you call it? Like the the parental lock setting on Disney yeah. Plus. But hey, maybe do they'll do it. Yeah, maybe they'll do it with season two. Yeah, maybe they'll get enough of that feedback. But yeah. Um, yeah. So Layla and Mark take Haro to the Temple of the Gods because the whole idea that they come up with is that they're going to perform the same ceremony that the other gods used to put Khonshu in a statue, except in this case, they're going to put Amit inside of Haro's body and then mm -hmm. kill Haro, and it should take them both out, right? Yes. And Khonshu's like, you know, do it, do it, kill him. And Mark's like, well, now, wait a minute. I, which yeah, I kind of disagree with him. Uh, I disagree with Mark a little bit. Because he's like... You mean Steven? You? Well, both of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark and Steven are like, this isn't right. Because they think that it's kind of the same thing that Ahmet and Haro were doing. Of, like, punishing someone before they've done the bad thing. But it's like, I mean, they did literally just do it, right? Yeah. Like, Haro and Amit were actively trying to absorb the souls of people in, in Cairo. I think That's it's true. okay to, to punish them for that crime, right? 
And, I think, uh, I, yeah, I think we can sweep that one under the rug. We can and no go ahead and call fuss. it. We can go ahead and call it a bullet in the dome. Like take it, you know, square it out right now. But now, so he, he he says no, and you're just gonna have to go ahead and let us go. And Conchie's like, "Fuck, I guess, fine." And he frees them both. And then uh, you get to see Mark and Steven just return to their routine from the first episode, but now they're kind of like in unity, right? Mm-hmm. They're sharing the body well. And then uh, we get the little post credit scene, right? You want to run that one down? Yeah, that post. Oh, my God. So we see Haro, who is in a psych ward. Mm-hmm. Not dissimilar uh, from the one that we thought uh, Mark was in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we see someone come in, basically pick him up, you know, because he's in a wheelchair, and they stroll him out, and they <laughs> dump him in a limousine. And he, like, kicks the fucking wheelchair off into the grass. Yeah, and then gets back into the car, and then it cuts to Haro, and he's like, what's the fuck's going on? Yeah, he's kind of loopy from drugs, you know, where they've put him in a stupor. And it's it's our boy Conchu. He's in a suit he's, in that one, he's, isn't he? Yeah, he's Yeah, he's dressed up. He's taking a note from Steven. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Um, but yeah, he's sitting in a suit in the in the limousine, and Haro mm-hmm. kind of looks at him, and he's like, "What? What does he say?" He's like, "You can't do it." Like, yeah, you don't says, have an avatar. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, something to that effect. And Kanchi's basically like, "I might not have cooperation from Mark, but Mark doesn't know how truly fucked up he is." Uh, yeah, I think he's and then we fractured see... he is. He goes, "Let me introduce you to my friend Jake Lockley," and uh, he kind of like rolls down the the window between the driver's cab and the backseat mm-hmm. of the limo. And he goes, Jake Lockley peeks around and it's Mark's body. Right. And you find out mm-hmm. there's a, that's the confirmation, right? That yep. there's a third identity. And he just turns around from the driver's seat and fires several rounds from a silenced pistol, just killing Haro. Yeah. And, and then, then just drives, drives off. off and in the limo. And who's the limo driver? Well, so typically uh, in the comics, Jake Lockley's a taxi driver, yeah. right? But it seems like maybe he's the rich one. Yeah, because the limousine did the limo, say Spectre. But the limo, yeah, but the limo said Spectre, which is Mark. So I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, this was supposed to be a mini series, not a know, season one type deal. But I really wanted to keep going. Right, and Mohammed Diab, who, like I said, was like the lead director on the series, um, basically said that he thinks it would be a waste to not do a season two. Yes, um, I agree. And I think Oscar Isaac is coming at it from uh, like a, a business standpoint, which makes sense of being like he doesn't necessarily feel compelled to do a season two unless there was a story really worth telling. Right. And right, I'm yeah. assuming that that's business speak for they only had him contractually obligated for a one appearance and that being the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's going to make them earn that second appearance. Right. Yeah, which I think is good because, I, again, I, something I really love about Oscar Isaac is he did Dune, you know, Star Wars. And now he's doing Moon Knight. He kind of and you know, jumps in around a, between like, well, a, a in an interview type. Mm-hmm. Well, in an interview, he was talking about he's a huge geek and like he loved Dune. Yeah. And that's why he wanted to do it. And I kind of get the feeling that like he's not a cash grabber, like he's not doing it for right. whoever's paying the most. He's doing it for shit that's good and shit that he likes and he knows would be a good fit for him. I think he made his money from Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. I also have gathered from like different interviews and stuff like that that he did not enjoy making Star Wars. Really? Yeah, which well, I was I why he... I was... Go ahead. I was going to say, I know he, the Oscar Isaac, and I can't remember the gentleman's name who plays John Finn. John Boyega. Yeah, there was like uh, someone that said like, 
basically make them a couple, you know, like, they're, yeah, they're they're like just, they fit the role. And they were both, yeah. like, for it. And I was like, sure, you yeah. know, why not? Like, yeah, do it. Yeah. And they didn't. And but they, they had the one. By that. Yeah, and they had the one scene. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, like the yeah, celebration. The two, yeah, the two women kissing. And they're like, there it is. For like, for, like, a split second. And Disney was like, representation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, how, how bold of you, Disney, to put a four-second clip of two women not even pecking on the lips that you could cut easily so that it can play well in international markets. Yeah. And still, you know, have a pretty mediocre Star Wars film. Blow it out my your ass, you know? <laughs> Blow it out your ass. But yeah, so I'm thinking his, his experience of being contractually obligated to do three Star Wars movies kind of impacted his set him Maybe straight desire. Like, yeah, I don't I don't want to be stuck in a contract so now he's at a he's got a you know luckily for him he got a really good series and he did a really good job he and did. so now he's got quite a bit of leverage you know yeah dude just keep yeah keep you pumping the good stuff the you're making huh yeah fucking pay the guy right you know yeah go ahead and go ahead bring him back I don't care what you got to pay him I want to see him yeah and give me some more crossover um I do want to take like the next three minutes because mm-hmm. we are approaching an hour. Uh, oh which shit! Is is making this not necessarily a mini sode? Um, <laughs> oh shit, dude! <laughs> we were yeah. talking. We're like, we'll make this maybe like a 30, 40 minute 30, max 45, episode. You know? <laughs> we're it's pushing an hour, fifty six, fifty seven minutes. So real quick, <laughs> I think uh, a problem I'm seeing with the MCU at this moment. We kind of talked about this. I don't know if we mentioned it in the Multiverse of Madness episode. Um, is a lack of connectivity. Like, there's not a lot of connective tissue moving forward. Um, yeah. And I, I really hope to see some of these characters kind of have overlap. Like, maybe... Because <clears throat> we are getting a Blade movie. Um, and at the end of um, The Eternals, we get to see... Um, I can't think of the actor's name. He played in Game of Thrones, but he's playing the Black Knight. And the Black Knight's whole thing is that he's got a sword... That when when he draws it, it has to be. I think it's called the ebony blade. And when he draws it, it has to taste blood before he can resheathe it. Um, oh damn! And <clears throat> so we get to that see. Sounds dope as fuck. Yeah, and so he he plays Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, and I can't. Oh I really yeah, can't yeah, think I know you're name. talking about that. Um, yeah, fuck. But either way, he, like he, the post credit scene of and the Eternals was him opening that case up and seeing the sword. And you hear a voice from behind him basically be like, you know, are you sure you want to do that? You know, and it was revealed that that voice was uh, Mahershala Ali, who's going to play Blade. Mm-hmm. And so, OK, now you've got the two of them in London, uh, you know, a, a vampire hunter and a guy who has a mystic blade that also has fought with Moon Knight before. Uh, so maybe you get an overlap of like the three of them dealing with more of like the the mystical like life and death supernatural stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I just really want some more, like, okay, give me... I, I want some connection, right? Give me some mm-hmm. overlap. And I really would like to see this character overlap with other people. I agree with you. No, 100%. Yeah. What are you, what are you clicking on there, baby girl? I was... I remembered that we have to... We're ranking all of the Marvel TV shows. So you know I, what? I just... We'll do that next week, because... Oh, I yeah, got them all pulled up. Oh, all right, all right. So, what? Read read the list to me. We'll do it right, lightning so fast. Not in order. No. Huh? So you have Moon Knight, Hawkeye, What If, Loki, Wandavision, Daredevil, Punisher. 
I don't think we yeah. count the, the Netflix stuff. Oh, fuck. All right, fine. Yeah, just the MCU official <laughs> stuff. Oh, well, Daredevil? Well, I guess not. Uh, official. Guess we don't yeah. know that. Damn, please, God. Daredevil's going to be up there. I think Daredevil's going to be two. Yeah. Dude, I, I love Daredevil. I know you did. Rank. Especially, uh, yeah, rank. So, number one. Don't forget Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think for there number should be one. Six in total. Number one. I'm going to have to say Loki. Yeah. I Loki agree. was gas. Yeah, I was gas. Um, number two. I'm going to say Moon Knight. Okay. Yep. Um, number three. Uh, I, damn. I can't, I can't decipher between them. Number three is going to have to be What If and WandaVision. A word? Yeah, I can't. Like, I loved What If. Like, because it really kind of explored more in the multiverse, which was lo- very fun. Yeah. But yeah. also WandaVision had, like, that nice sitcom kind of style, but yeah. with a little more. And I, I can't b- pick between them. Um, and then number four, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was really interested in, um, Bucky's story. Yeah. And I don't think we got enough of it. Yeah. And I don't think we got, I just don't think we got enough of either one. Either of them. Because I wanted, yeah, I wanted to know more about both. So I felt like at times both of them were a little dull. So does that mean Hawkeye is your number five? Yeah. Hawkeye has been your least favorite? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you something real quick before I rank mine. Would you be okay with uh, the per-episode budget being lower if we got more episodes per series? Of, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier, or just in general? In general, because, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier was six, Hawkeye was six, uh, Moon Knight was six. I mean, honestly, Some of them, I... I think <clears throat> I don't think they should stick themselves to six or ten, or, you know what I mean? Sure. Because, like, Hawkeye and Moon Knight both had an episode in the middle where it's like, okay, we probably could have trimmed that one down. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just need to trim the writing up and go, okay, why did I have an episode that felt like filler and then still feel like I wanted more at the end? Right. You know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, having good CGI is always nice. You know, it's always beneficial, but I mean... Sure. You can make a, a very quality episode and use like practical effects or, right. you know, you can bump down the CGI just a little bit. I don't think it's yeah. going to, you know, especially with how modern CGI is now, I don't think it's going to kill right. you know, well, the, the scene. Especially with like a character like Hawkeye or honestly Moon Knight, where yeah. in the grand scheme of things, they could be a street level hero, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't need a lot of CGI because there's not the big CGI finale, which all of the Marvel shows have had so far. Yeah. Which I think is one of my gripes, honestly, is that they've I, all ended on like where it's like, okay, the finale is a big action scene and then it wraps yeah. up really quick. Well, not for Moon Knight. Ah, uh, yeah. Two gigantic, two gigantic gods fighting in the background. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, and then arguably the most interesting part of the fight was saved for you know, adult eyes only. I will say, um, I do think there should be a higher budget for shows like Loki, where it's very, uh-huh. yeah, you know, a visual, you know, that's the impact they're going for. But like right. WandaVision, no. It didn't need to have a big budget. Yeah, because they had stuff like in like the, uh, the 
50, what was it, the 50, 60, 50s and up? Yeah. And they use kind of like that phony movie magic, you know, basically where they'd like make a, a, a turkey leg fly, but they would put like the string on it. The tactics that they would have used then. Right, yeah, so like it didn't need a big budget. No, huh? But and they could have uh, put that towards something else, like Hawkeye with my ranking here, Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. So Loki, I agree. Loki, and then for me, it's WandaVision. Okay, um, I really enjoyed WandaVision, and I don't know honestly. I think they might like tied for first and second place. Okay, um, and then probably Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I really enjoyed. Uh, I actually enjoyed Hawkeye more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also partial to Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, for sure. But I, then I think it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then What If was probably my least favorite. Not that I disliked really? it. I didn't dislike for any sure. of them. Okay. Exactly. It's I didn't my dislike least any favorite. Of them. Sure. No, I'm picking up what you're putting down, baby. I, I think a part of the problem I had with What If was I think that it's respectful a lot of the episodes made me want more, but I know I'm not necessarily going to get more. And then there's other episodes where I could care less, and some of them feel like they just kind of stop happening, right? Sure. And I do know that the first season of What If had issues with um, the pandemic running into, like, animation and writing, and so some of them were, a lot of the episodes were supposed to be, like, 45 minutes, and they got Mm -hmm. cut back to, like, 30, which could explain why some of them do feel like they just sort of stop. Yeah. But, yeah. I will say, if Daredevil's in there, Daredevil would have been number two. Loki, Daredevil, Moon Knight, yeah. Uh, WandaVision and What If, Falcon Winter Soldier, Hawkeye. I think, honestly, right now, the biggest bonus or benefit to Loki is that it feels like the most uh, impactful, like, universe-wise yes, uh, property that we've had, where, like, it literally it birthed the multiverse again. It did, yeah. And Kevin Feige even straight up came out and said that shit, that, like, all of the stuff happening in Spider-Man No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness is because of Sylvie and Loki killing He Who Remains. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty pretty dope. But it is an hour and six minutes, so we gotta just wrap it up. It'll be a messy wrap up. Uh, this was our our our, our Moon Knight review Chris, episode. A, if yeah, this is our hour and Heck, five quote unquote. mini episode. Chris, if people wanted to get in touch with us and tell us their thoughts on Moon Knight, ask us questions about the future of the MCU, our favorite foods. What, how would they get in touch with us? Of course. Well, firstly, you can always reach out to us at the Simply Whelmed Mailbag at gmail.com. If you guys have any you know, questions or uh, anything you want us to go over, as well as anything like the Chris's Cryptid Corner, any stories yeah, yeah. Uh, that you have, anything like that, please yeah, send them in. Um, if you wanted to get us on Twitter, our handle is at Whelmed underscore Simply. And then our Instagram and Facebook is Simply Whelmed Podcast. That's right. Uh, next week we don't we don't really know yet. Uh, we're still putting that one together for you, honestly. So it'll be a surprise to us and you uh, alike. So look forward to that one. Uh, and that's the end of the episode, Chris. Just go ahead and say bye. Bye.